Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Do you guys remember that, that, that quote? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me who you hang out with, and I will show you who you're going to become. So I remember as a young girl, like my youth pastor would say that, my parents would say that, um, different people. And I remember just thinking, great, that I am a rule follower. I'm going to follow that rule. I'm going to hang around great people because I want to be great. And so my little 12-year-old self, 14-year-old self, 16-year-old self, to today, actually, I want to look at my friends to be able to see my future. That doesn't just change when you're a youth and you become an adult. When you're an adult, show me your friends and I will show you your future. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Because those people, whether you like it or you don't, they're going to have an impact on you of how you think, how you respond, how you conduct your life. They have a significant impact on you. And God has created us for incredible relationships. We're not created to do life solo. And if you're doing life solo, this is a great place to be. If you want friends, I'm, I guarantee you're going to have a lot of friends if you want friends. You can make it where you don't want friends and push us all away. But if you want so many parties that you are like, oh my gosh, I have to actually be responsible and work sometime. I have to say no to some baby showers, some weddings, some things, then you're in the right place. God intended you to do life with people, to enjoy life with people. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, two are better than one. So that means, yeah. And you know, Jesus, he had friends. He had 12 disciples. And what did he do? He did all the things. Come on, Jesus, you're healing people. You're like going to banquets. You're like eating. You're doing things. You're going to parties. You're celebrating. And you know what? The enemy, the most incredible thing he wants to do in your life is he wants to separate you from the house of God and the people of God. That is his main agenda, to go ahead and separate you from the right people that God has for you strategically to expand your life. Don't let him do that. You know, when I'm thinking about when I was a little girl, I remind myself of my girls. Obviously, they're part of me. And um, I have a little Kenzie girl. She's going to be 11 in a couple weeks. I can't believe my baby's going to be 11. We have a birthday party today, actually, for her after church. Just the party doesn't stop today. And can't stop, won't stop. Yeah. Just one party, another party. But I love it. But I'm so excited because she is a people lover. She loves people. She loves parties. She loves things. She loves all the things. She wants a party at a, not my house, not a a bouncy place or anything. She wants a party at a park because she doesn't want me to cap her of her guest list. She was like, mom, if we go to Sky Zone, you're going to tell me only like 20. And then I'm not going to be able to invite all the people that I want. And I'm like, this is true, actually. And nor do they want all of us there, all 70 of us. But she invites all the things. She loves all the people. She loves all the community. And when I was a little girl, I would do the same thing. My mom tells a story when I was in elementary school. I don't actually remember this, but my mom tells me about it where I was a lot like Kenzie. 
And I was like so excited. It was my birthday. And if you don't know about my birthday, my birthday is a big deal to me. And I love to have people around me. It has to be intentional. We're going to do something. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have fun. And I have to laugh. Otherwise, it's not a success. So just a few things for the criteria. No pressure, babe. No pressure. It is a real story. But I had scheduled my birthday party. My mom had put a guest list cap on me. And um, what happened is I ended up inviting my entire class to the party because that's what you do when you're a little girl. You're like, well, everybody is welcome to my party. So after school, just come home with me. My mom will take you to wherever we're going. It was probably a McDonald's birthday party because that was like one of my favorite ones. That's what you do in Minnesota. You go and you have like the McDonald's play zone. It was so epic and I was so cool. But the school secretary called my mom from the school and said, hey, Katie's here with literally your entire, her entire class for the party. Are you on your way? And my mom was like, what in the world? Oh, my gosh. But as I grew from that to growing to my adult years, maturing and growing and developing, I looked at my life and realized something had changed from that little girl to present day. It didn't look the same. I actually had less people in my life. I had loneliness in my life. I was really distant from people, and I didn't like it. I actually really didn't want that. If you know me, I like people in doses. Sometimes they get tired, and I need naps, like my friend Cynthia. We're good. We're good. But something had shifted from that moment to now I'm an adult, and now I'm feeling like oh my gosh, I actually don't have friends. I don't have relationships like I expected it to look and why. And I had to recognize in my heart that I actually had put walls up in my heart that then was distancing me from the people that God really had in my life and wanted to have in my life because it had over the course of my life, things had happened and things had occurred to cause me to put people at an arm's distance to keep myself safe. And so today, I want to talk about community killers, relationship killers, friendship killers, things that prevent us from having great friendships, great relationships, and great community. Are you into that? Are you guys ready? Okay. So here's some examples. And just so you know, I'm going to make you feel really good about yourself because I'll tell a lot about myself to let you know that you're not alone, that you're actually normal, and you're welcome, okay? Okay. So the first thing is, the first wall would be past hurt and past trauma. Friends and people that have disappointed you, and now it's difficult for you to trust again. That could be people in your family, your church, former boss, a coach, a teacher. Somewhere in the line, somebody's disappointed you, and now it's hard for you to trust again where you've put a wall in your heart to stop people from coming in because you have been hurt and you're afraid it's going to happen again. So when I was 11, 12, I loved junior high camps because that's where my life, I experienced God in a level for myself, not my parents, but myself, and had an encounter with him as a 11, 12-year-old. I felt really big time then. Now I'm like, that's really little because that's like my Kenzie girl and she's not so big time. 
but I experienced, and I remember going home and telling my mom and dad, I was like, oh my gosh, I just went to the most incredible youth camp, and I'm so excited, but you know what? This church that we're going to is so dead and boring. I want to go somewhere alive. I want to experience God like that, like I just did. They play cool music. How many of you guys remember Newsboys? Audio Adrenaline. Who else? DC Talk. If you know, you know. If you don't, it's okay. They were really cool a long time ago. They're trying to make a comeback, actually, Newsboys. We play some of it for our girls, and they're like, what is this? They're like, this is cool. You just don't even know Jesus Freak. It's a thing, okay? Yeah, see, you know, you know. So I went to this youth group. We had switched churches, and I was so excited and so expectant. I go to this youth ministry, and there's this girl, and we became BFFs, like, instantly, And I was like, yes, this is so awesome. And this girl became a a friend that actually ended up walking through decades of my life with me. We started, we met when we were like 11, 12. So we were junior hires. Just when we're learning how to put deodorant on, all those cool things. It's all good. It's all good. We were your junior high youth pastors for a while, so we get it. To then we did high school together. We went to senior prom together. We both took Duth Boys. I took Samuel. She took his brother, one worked out, one did not. I'm really thankful because now we're almost 19 years married. I know. It's worked out really well. And then we did college. So she went to college. We're doing college life together. And now we're still dating. I was dating Samuel. She was dating her, who is now her husband. And then we go through, okay, we're like doing ministry. Samuel and I were in Seattle doing ministry there, and she and her husband were in Minnesota still. And then God brought them to Seattle, Washington, and I was like, this is like the best thing ever. My best friend since I've been like a tiny little girl is in Seattle with me now. We're doing ministry together. This is amazing. And then we end up like, you know, obviously we got married, and then now we're pregnant, now we're having babies together. Like, why in the world? This is like a, this is like a Hallmark movie dream, right? Like, we're doing this thing again. And then over the course of time, so we have babies together, but there was a moment in our friendship and a, a situation that happened that ended up really tragic. So I was new here in San Diego, and there was a moment, and we had a conversation, and she literally dropped me pretty instantly and, and to this day, literally dropped me. And I was like, what? What in the world? Like, you know me like a sister. You are my friend. And if I am your friend, I am your friend. So you should be my friend, right? Like, if I'm your friend, I'm loyal. I'm here. You can't get rid of me very easily. So it was really shocking to me when she dropped me like a hot potato. I was like, wow, this is like, we're ending this thing like over this? Like, oh my gosh. And I remember having so much pain and disappointment that as I recognize walking through my life just seven years ago, when I had new incredible women of God and people in my life, I was so hurt that I had a wall in my heart that I was like, oh yeah, if she can do it to me, so can you. Therefore, I love you this far. And this is as far as you can get. But after that, you can't have my heart because I'm afraid that you're going to do it again. And so past hurts and disappointment can do that to you. It can cause you to build a wall that you don't allow people in. And, and, you know, to be really honest, maybe some of you guys are in here and that's what's preventing you from actually taking the next step to get involved in the house of God. Maybe that's why some of you girls are afraid to sign up for Cherish, 
if you were like me seven years ago, I had a husband who was like, get your butt there. But when I was there, I was like, oh, this is so painful because I have such disappointment and such pain. And there's all these girls that could do it all over again to me. Therefore, I will just skip it. Actually, I didn't skip it. I tried to skip it. And then a good friend, Angela Horak, saved me a seat. And then she didn't let me skip it so that I went. And I'm thankful for that. But if I was being honest, I, I made a story that I overslept my alarm. The truth was I didn't actually book an alarm. I was like, oopsies, shoot, going to catch my flight back home to Seattle. Sayonara, I'm out of here. But maybe that's for you for DNA. You're afraid to take the next step to get involved in the house of God because there's been a situation that you volunteered and you've been disappointed and you've been hurt. And now you just sit up in the back, you sneak in and you sneak out because you're like, yeah, I like this God thing. I like this church thing. They seem pretty cool. However, I've been hurt. Therefore, I will protect myself. And if it makes you feel better, that was me too. I would sneak in that door. That's a great door to sneak in and out of. I would come in late and I would leave early so I didn't have to talk to any of you guys because I had been so hurt in church. I've been so hurt in the house of God in my previous season, 15 years in doing ministry, that I could not even handle. I loved God, but I was like, I will never, ever do some of these things. One of my nevers was, I will never, ever work for a church again. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing, but this, this also didn't work out. <laughs> But it's a complete miracle. I had to let the wall of my heart down to let God in, to heal those parts of my heart for him to do what he wanted me to do and who he wanted me to become. So take that step. You know, um, another one is having, a pri having pride in a religious spirit. That's another wall we can build up. You're too afraid of allowing people in because you may, they may actually see that you have a mess in your life. How many of you guys are in here are perfect? Great. Okay. Megan is. Okay, great. <laughs> Take notes from her. I am not perfect. But a lot of the time, we put a wall up because we're afraid that when people get too close, they're going to go, whoa, they do not have this all together. Wow, I thought you were something different. I thought you were, like, perfect, and now I realize you're not. And so, oh, we can't be friends. We put a wall to protect ourselves from allowing people to see our mess. Instead of recognizing there's people right in front of you that can help you with your mess, that God has put in your life and your path to help you. You know, they are going to discover that you don't have it all together, and that's okay. But don't allow that spirit and that, that pride to keep you from having an incredible relationship with people. None of us are perfect. You know, what's going to happen when somebody finds out that, you know, your marriage doesn't look like Hollywood right now? Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep that wall up and push people out? What if somebody finds out, like, you're struggling with an addiction? Oh, my gosh, what are they going to think? This is like, these are Christians. Are they going to, like, banish me to some island of losers? No, we're not. We actually are. I was going to say the island of perpetual tickling. That's from VeggieTales. You can tell I've had kids. What if? What if they find that out? What if we do? What if somebody's walk that journey can actually help you? You've got that wall that people can't enter your situation and help you with your mess. 
What if your kids are going off the flipping rails? Oh my gosh, what if they find out my kid isn't perfect? Welcome to the club. We're all doing and figuring this thing out. Our kids are doing really good right now, but they're humans. We are also humans. Sometimes we yell, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, my neighbors go to our church. Hopefully they didn't hear that. Are they here, Brandon and Jessica? They're in first service. They literally share offense with us where I'm like, do you guys ever hear anything? They're like, nothing. And I'm like, yes, okay. Because I just might have screamed really loud because they didn't clean the bunny cage again. (laughs) But what if they find that out? Like, what if they find out? What if they see your mess? I remember having coffee with somebody um, in the last year, and I remember her sitting, wanting to share something, because I was like, oh my gosh, let's just go grab coffee. I can tell something's up. And we grabbed coffee, and I remember her words going, I'm just afraid to show you my mess. And I was like, you should show me your mess, because that's what friends and pastors and leaders and people and community and relationships do. We help you. We don't let you stay there. But, you know, the enemy wants you to believe that you are the only one struggling, that everybody else has it together. Everybody on their Instagram squares are perfect, and they've got their life dialed in, but not you. You're the only one who's struggling with this. Clearly, you missed the mark. That's actually not true. You are not the only one. You are one of all of us who are working it out every single day, on this journey with God in our life. Don't listen to that lie from the enemy. You know, it reminds me of my family. So um, I, have a, I have a couple brothers. I'm the baby. Samuel often likes to say sometimes I act like the baby. When I'm around them, I'll snap into that. But I'm also the firstborn because I'm the only girl. So I'm a little of all the good things. But my brother, as long as I can remember, has struggled with addiction since, I mean, I was probably recognized it probably 11 or 12 years old, and he still struggles with addiction to this day, and it's not good. It's still not good, where my parents have never been able to drop their pride down and go, you know what? This is a mess, and I'm just going to admit I actually don't know what to do. Can somebody help? Because as a little girl, you're smart, right? You hear conversations, how's so-and-so? He's great, where I'm like, no, he's not. The police brought him home again last night. He had to move his bedroom upstairs because he always sneaks out the storm wall and all this crazy stuff. You know, like, he's not okay. But you haven't opened your heart and your life and dropped your pride to say, guess what, I don't have it all together and I need some help. Can somebody help me? Don't be so prideful and so religious and so much so that you cannot have a transparent, open conversation. Don't be shallow. Go there. Ask the questions. Don't have that wall in your heart that keeps people at an arm's distance. Another thing is offense. Number three, just take a big deep breath. It's okay. We're going to be okay. We're making it through. We got this. <laughs> How many of you guys in here have ever been offended? How many of you guys been offended today? <laughs> okay. Alter call, it's okay. Me too, it's okay. It's fine, it's good. Honesty, transparency, this is where we start, right? Yeah, we got it, we got it, you're doing great. I feel like offense is one of the most dangerous walls to build in our heart, and I feel that offense is the root 
of a lot of these walls that we build in our life. It comes from pain. It comes from trauma. It comes from disappointment. It comes from all of these things that you're offended about everything. You live your life offended. You know, I was at um, an event a couple years ago, and um, I, I was, all my friends, we were having so much fun. We were just like, doing what girls do. Sorry, guys. At Emerge, you guys were doing what you're doing, like eating meat and stuff. But we were doing other things. We were in our dresses, like we're about to do and cherish. And we were pretty, and we're having fun, and we're having lunch, and doing all of this stuff, and it was so fun. And then as we do, we open up Instagram and begin scrolling. How many of you guys hate Instagram? I have to ask for forgiveness so often because of Instagram that I delete it because I'm like, this is not helpful. This actually is worse. I have to ask for a lot of forgiveness more frequently than I should because of this. I'm just going to delete it and, and, and like work on my other stuff. But I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw this picture of all of my friends in a picture and not me. And I was like, wow, that was so cool. Like you all waited until I left to take a really cute picture without me. And all of these thoughts of offense began because of my past hurt, my past trauma of having disappointment with girls and friendships and relationships. I was like, oh, they did that on purpose. They don't even value me. They don't think I'm cool. They don't like hanging out with me. I clearly wasn't pretty enough to be in that picture. Maybe I wasn't dressed nice enough. I don't know. They did that on purpose. And if I would have told any of them, they would be like, what the world is wrong with you? We love you. We're super sorry. You left and you were living your best life somewhere else at the moment and we just snapped the photo. It was not intentional. But it felt very intentional. <laughs> Thank God for great husbands who go, babe, get off that ledge that you're about to jump off of. Get your head on straight and know that is not, these women love you. These women are your friends. You think they do that? And I was like, yes, they do. They don't care about me. And I was crying and emotional and more emotional than I ever admit that I want to be. I'm so sorry, Samuel. <laughs> but the truth of that is, is with offense, it's a filter that you put on. And you've heard you find what you're looking for. If you're looking for something, you're going to find it. I was looking and I had an offense filter. I had these really cool goggles on. And everywhere I look, oh, that just affirms that. Satan's a master at crafting of having this carrot going like, look over here. They still don't care about you. You're still not good enough. You're still not a part of the crowd. They still don't like you. And I began to find what I was looking for. Offense is a filter, and it will distort your view, and it will distort your relationships, and you will always find what you're looking for. And it will cause you eventually to build that wall so high that it'll cause you to distance and isolate yourself. And then you'll find yourself back to Lonelyville. Wow, I've built this heart. I've pushed you out because clearly you don't care about me. Now I have no friends again. Maybe that's not what, how boys say it. Samuel probably could correct me on that. But Pro Proverbs 19.11, it says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory to overlook the offense. It's to your glory to overlook the offense. You're going to have opportunities. If you don't have frequent opportunities, you're going to get more opportunities. I promise if you're around people, people are crazy. We do things. We're working it out. Like I said, you're going to have opportunities to be offended, but choose to look at the good, not the bad. Assume the worst, not the best. 
So instead of looking at that picture and going, they did that on purpose, go, you know what? They were probably just like, you know what? I actually probably stepped in the bathroom and then I got caught in like 200 other conversations like I usually do. That was not intentional. It was not pointed towards me. But assume the best. Overlook the offense. Another wall is difficult conversations. Oh, man, Samuel, this one. This one, Samuel, has helped me with so much. Be a friend and a person that's easy to talk about difficult things with. In a friendship, real friends don't tell you what you want to hear. They tell you what you need to hear. You know, if you have a true friend, they're not going to just let you walk around acting foolish. They're actually going to tell you what you need to hear. Hey, you are actually being unreasonable right now, and you need to stop it right now. Like how you're thinking, how you're behaving. Proverbs 27.8, faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve a hidden agenda. Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love. Be somebody when somebody brings something to you. It can cause you to put a wall up when you're like, oh, this is difficult, this is hard. We dealt a lot of this in the early days in our marriage. God bless a husband who can lead and risk sleeping on the couch because if we didn't have the difficult conversations, then you have this, you know, you sweep it under the rug until you have a mountain of a problem. But he would risk having the difficult conversations with me, and I wish I didn't have a wall, but the reality is I had a really large wall of going, wow, okay, I can't handle this. This is too hard. This is too painful. Therefore, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to respond. Everything's fine. Everything is good. Don't be that type of person. Don't build that wall where you have an, in, you're incapable of actually having difficult conversations. Don't be too sensitive, too easily offended, and don't take everything personal. You know, that friend that I talked about earlier, this was the root of why our friendship ended. You know, over the course of the 20-some years of being friends, I noticed a pattern in her life. She would always make plans with me and last-minute cancel. And just make plans and cancel, plans and cancel. And we had just moved here to San Diego. And she was like, hey, we're going to come visit, and I want to hang out with you. Can you block these dates? And I was like, of course. I don't know any of these girls very well. You are familiar to me. Of course I'm going to block the dates. We're going to hang out. I am so relieved and so excited. Well, cancel again. And I had just had it enough to just go, this is enough. Like, I can't, I can't live like this. This is actually not a healthy situation. <laughs> and so I had called her out just to say, hey, and it was via text, which I don't highly recommend texting difficult conversations. A lot of stuff can be misinterpreted because you can't hear the tone and you can't see the face. And so I said, hey, I can't actually reschedule this time. And I see this pattern and it was over text, and she literally just dropped, and she had the inability to go ahead and have a hard conversation of, yo, I see something in a pattern in your life, and if you're doing this to me, which is really hurtful towards our friendship, I imagine you're doing this in other areas of friendship to other people in your life, and this is not a fruitful behavior. Your yes should be yes. If you say yes to the party, show up to the party. If you don't know if you want to go to the party, don't say you're going. Leave it as a maybe or don't even respond, but let your yes be yes and your no be yo. So this difficult conversation didn't go very well. And um, 
you know, you just, you can't be too sensitive. You can't be easily offended. Instead, stay in those difficult conversations, especially if they're difficult. That's a good indicator of if I should be having this. If it's really hard and you're like, okay, breathe deeply. This is tough. You should stay there, lean into that and stay in the conversation and work it out. Do not build a wall up and cut people off completely or close them off from entering your heart. That will keep you and kill community. It'll kill friendships. It'll kill relationships in your life if you do that. Be able to lean into the conversation. That's not something that my, my family does well either. We live in passive-aggressive Minnesota. So had to learn. We have some, I had some cute Minnesota uh, ladies here for service. And I know we've got Dave and Lindsay who we literally grew up city by city. We didn't even know. We weren't even friends. But we are now. Like how cool all the way to San Diego for us and you. And, you know, um, I think, too, when it comes to being somebody who you're having a difficult conversation, you know, sometimes if you're the type of friend and type of person that every time something is challenging comes up, you are incapable of having a conversation, and you're like, ugh. And now I know, like, everything, every, every time I say something, you're, like, offended, and you're too sensitive, and you're like, ah, and then I'm like, ah, I can't even talk to you. Like, I can't even have a relationship with you. Like, we can talk about San Diego sunshine weather. Like, that's really great and really fun, but that's pretty shallow. So if that's you, you, you build a wall up, but then people are eventually going to build a wall up against you of going, like, I can't even hang out with them. They, they don't even let me into their heart. They can't actually talk about anything because eventually when you're in a friendship, you're in a relationship, guaranteed something is going to happen. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to prick you the wrong way, and you're going to have to go there. But if you can't go there, then you can't continue growing and developing a really meaningful, deep relationship in your life. So be friendly. Be easy to be around. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Be easy to be around. No matter what, the end. Okay, you guys okay? Still breathing? In the next five minutes, I'm going to give you four things of why. You laugh like you're not confident in me. Like you're doubting my ability. You know I'm good with, like, goals. Okay, yeah. The reason we need, obviously, I've sprinkled some of the why we need to have relationships. I can tell you the walls and those things that you might be like, oh, yeah, I do that. Oh, I still do that. Oh, I still do that. Oh, they're still, I'm still working that out. But I want to be the type of person that cultivates healthy and incredible community and relationships in my life because they bring out the best in us. And it forces you, like I said, to deal with your stuff. And any time, it's like Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. There's going to be sparks. Your friends should sharpen you. They should make you better. Number one, they help you fulfill your purpose. We're better together. It's true because when we're together and we have friends and people around us, they can add to our lives. And that can pull out the strengths in us, and they can see the gold in you that you may not see yourself. There's people in your life that God strategically will sprinkle in your life, and I can list them out to me. I have great friends, and they all add different things to my life. I've got, like, Lauren, who I'm so pumped is here today, one of my most consistent, loyal friends, to always be consistent to check in. Hey, we left off this. How are you? I know Lauren. She's like sister to me. Hey, can I take your kids for you? Not anymore because you live in Salt Lake. So sad. I'm still healing from that. That's okay. But... A friend that I know, like, you're like family to me. That's that kind of friend. Or the pastor cat, Pastor Jesse, hey, I need to believe God for something. There is a deep well of faith and belief and consistency in them that I'm like, oh, I can pull on that. 
Pastor Michaela Hubbard, there's a lot of things. She will not ever let me settle. When I think that she'll say, the most annoying thing about you is that you don't ever actually see as awesome as you are. And I see who you are. And I refuse to allow you to stay where you are and not continue to rise up. Where I'm like, okay, but that's so uncomfortable. She adds that to my life. Well, now my brain is like stuck, but Cynthia and I love naps. We do not have a shallow relationship. We text all the time. We have so much fun, but we do a lot of photos about napping because any other nappers in here, there's nothing better than a Sunday afternoon nap. Come on, all of us. Yes, naps are amazing. But they have the ability to add something to us. Those may be all silly things, but maybe there's a conversation that a friendship will have with you, a person will have with you that will open the door of opportunity that you never saw coming, that will plant a thought to go, oh, in that business, I could look at it this way, I could expand this way, that I could be better like this, or they can see something in me that I can't see in myself, and they can call that to level up in my life. Friends that help you fulfill your purpose, friends that help you see your blind spots, Real friends don't tell you, or actually they do tell you when you have spinach in your teeth. They don't let you walking around looking like a crazy person where you're like, ugh, where you're like, wow, you should be a real friend to go, you got spinach in your teeth, okay? Like when you talk, it's all we're thinking about is you have spinach in your tooth, like the eye one. It's really big. It's a whole leaf, actually. I don't know how you can't feel that. Jeez. But if you want to grow, you're going to have friends that call you out. They say, you're not seeing this, whether it's the good things. You're really awesome at this. You don't recognize that's good for you. That's natural to you. You're gifted. You're talented. You're amazing. It's also, hey, you got spinach in your teeth. You look like a fool when you do that. That's a really bad attitude. That's actually a really unattractive trait that you have. And I think you need to go to God with that. I think you need to think and consider that you have a blind spot. There was a conversation with one of our campus pastors early on, Emma Davies. She's Australian. She's going to punch you in the face, and she's so fine. It's all of it. It's like punch you and then hug you, and you're like, ah, I don't know what just happened. But I remember I had a conversation with her, and I was describing and explaining who I was to her. Like, oh, I am blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember how I described myself. And in her Emma Davies way, she just said, I'm going to stop you right there. Do you actually believe the words that you just said about yourself? Because how I see you is not like that. You don't act like those words. You don't handle yourself like those words. You are not what those words are. Do you truly believe that? I had a blind spot in the language of how I spoke and how I talked about myself that I had a friend who was like, hey, you got spinach in your teeth. Pull it together. This is not you. You got a blind spot here. So many areas that we can, but be a person that welcomes input. Ask your friends what they see in you. I love going like, okay, how can I improve? How can I be better? I'm not perfect. Samuel thinks I am, but I'm not. Yeah, especially after being married to me for 19 years, you really think I'm perfect. Zero flaws. Ask your spouse, am I seeing this correctly? Am I processing this right? Is this really true? Or am I being a weirdo about this? And I will say that to Samuel. Am I, am I being emotional about this? Or am I seeing this? Or 
Oh, do I have like an actual real thing here? Invite input, invite your husband, invite your wife, invite your friends, invite your pastors, invite your leaders to come and speak for input. And when they give you feedback, do not get your butt hurt. Don't get defensive and be like, oh, that's not true. Well, if they didn't think it was true, they probably wouldn't be saying, but ask yourself, hey, is there actually some truth to that? Maybe you just need to be quiet like me. Just take it, take a deep breath and go, I can't talk right now but I'm gonna take that, I'm gonna chew on that, and actually look in my heart and go, is that true? Do I actually do that? Is that a behavior of mine? Is that a pattern of mine that you're calling out? Or are you straight crazy? Be open to it and don't get defensive, look deep. And last thing is they rally around you in every season. You know, we need friends when we walk through tough stuff, right? If you don't have friends when you're going through a challenging season, that can be really lonely. I don't know if it's sickness or a significant loss or a disappointment, but sometimes you need your friends to carry you in seasons where you can't carry yourself. And it reminds me of the story in Luke 5, how Jesus heals that paralyzed man. You guys may have heard this story where he's paralyzed, he can't walk, and he so wants to be healed. And his friends pick up his mat push through the crowd, go up to the roof because it's the only way to get to Jesus. They cut the roof open. If you do that in my house, I'm going to be really tick. Cut the roof open, lower his friend, and he gets healed by Jesus. He couldn't do from himself what his friends could help him do. We need friends in our life that sometimes when it looks impossible and unbearable when you're walking through a season, that you can't do it, you don't know how you're gonna make it, you don't know how you're gonna survive, but friendships and relationships will surround you and come alongside you and make it so much more bearable of like, it's a really tough day, this is, I don't even know how we're gonna make it through this. You got this. You need a, you got this friend, we got this, we're praying for you, we're believing, God is with you, he is for you, he is not gonna crush you, he is gonna bring a miracle. And friends also surround you and celebrating and enjoying all the best things of life. Life is meant to be enjoyed. If you're not enjoying life, let's figure it out. You're in the right place. If you want friends, here you go. Welcome to Bressy Ranch Campus. If you're gonna start a new job, I see my friend Dana who just opened her F45 Carlsbad Village. If you guys have an F45, you need to. It's my favorite workout. We'll kick your butt. But if you're opening a new business, if you're stepping out, if you got that promotion, if you got that degree you've always wanted to, if you took territory and opened up a new shop, if you, if you bought that dream house, how sad to not have somebody to share it with, to fill it with. You need friends to celebrate. What do you enjoy? Do you enjoy golfing? Go golfing. Do you enjoy jet skiing? Then be my friend, let's jet ski. But you have friends to enjoy, not even the tough times together to make them more bearable, but the mountaintops and the celebrations more sweet in your life. That's what friends are meant to be. So I want you guys to stand with me as I pray. I know that's a a bit of a prickly message, if you will. But we all need friends, right? We all need people and we can all probably go, all right, there was, there was a little a little button in your heart that was like just pushing the buttons, right? I know this week with Cherish, there's probably buttons being pushed, little triggers. I don't like the word trigger. I think it's overused now, but just little things you're like, ah. And if any moment during that message, those were 
hitting you, I wanna pray with you. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift your hands to God. And if as I was speaking, you're like, oh my gosh, I have walls in my heart. I really am wanting incredible epic friendships and relationships, but I can see that there is past hurt that has been holding me back. It's caused me to be resistant towards the right people. Maybe it's a church person, maybe it's a family, it's a friend. I've got unforgiveness that I have to release and allow God and the Holy Spirit to come and to heal as only he can. Whether it's just being offended in general, maybe you find that you're like, oh my gosh, everything, everything, I'm so sensitive. Everything makes me mad. Maybe you have pride and you're like, wow, I just need to go ahead. I need to let the right people in. I need to just go, okay, you know what? This is a mess and it's okay and I'm gonna be fine. Just don't look them in the eye. Just go, okay, this is what's happening and I need help. Maybe that's the wall of your heart that needs to come down. Maybe you're like, gosh, I really need to pull it together and be able to have difficult conversations and invite that feedback and know that my friends are not here to wound me. In fact, they're actually out of concern and love wanting to build my life. Or maybe you're like, I just don't even have friends and I'm here and I don't even know where to start, what to do. I just want to pray over you guys that the Holy Spirit in this moment, we thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you, God, that you have created us for relationship and community with you, God. We thank you, God, that you have created life and people for us to enjoy together, the good things and the the sad things, God. And God, I thank you, Jesus, whatever those walls are that are in our heart, God, that I declare them to fall down and to break in the name of Jesus, that you would go in, you would restore, that you would heal, that, that you would mend the broken pieces of people's hearts that have caused them to keep people at a distance, God, that you would bring the right relationships, the right people, God, the right friends, the right connections, God, to help us in every season, in every area of life, whether it's business or ministry or family or fun, whatever it is, God, that people are needing, that we're needing this morning, God, I thank you, Jesus, that there'll be a shift in our lives starting today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.